Hello, hello, you guys. It is Megan from the VBAC link. And guess what? We have our friend Caitlin from Be Her Village back. I am so excited to have you, Caitlin. I am so excited to be here, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. I love I love this little friendship that has just like burst out no. of our VBAC love and our desire to get everybody their VBAC. <laughs> I know our passion around birth. Um, it's just so cool to see how people from, you know, different parts of the world can connect so deeply. Like I just adore you and love you. And I do hope that I get to meet you one day soon in person. Oh, for sure. We're going to make that happen. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. And today you guys, we, um, we're going to be talking. So last time we shared her VBAC story and this time we're going to be talking about doulas. So if you didn't know, we are both doulas, obviously very passionate and, and, um, heavily involved in the birth world. And then we're going to talk about, okay, well, great. That's wonderful. We know what about doulas. Now what do we do? Right? So we're going to talk about that today. So if you're wanting to know more about doulas, the stats around doulas, how to pay for a doula, you want to hold on and listen to this episode. But of course I have a review of the week. So we're going to get into that. And then we're going to talk all about wonderful doulas. This review is from, oh, TX Liberty 92. And it was in 2020. And it says, from fear to confidence. It says, when I found out I was pregnant for the second time, I instantly felt so confused about how to birth this baby. I had heard so much conflicting advice about repeat cesareans and just wanted to hear the facts and hear from people who had been down this road before. I am now 36 weeks on my pregnancy into my pregnancy and prepared and totally confident in my upcoming VBAC. I don't know if I would ever have gotten to this point without this podcast and community. Oh, that makes me so happy. TX Liberty 92. If you are still listening, because that was in 2020, so that was like three years ago. If you were still listening, write us at info at the .com and tell us how things went. And hey, we want to share your story. You are tuned into the VBAC Link podcast with Megan Heaton, who is a longtime doula and VBAC mom herself, here to help you get inspired for birth after having had a C-section. Along with this podcast, the VBAC Link offers blogs, resources, and a comprehensive VBAC course for both parents preparing for birth and doulas wanting to take their VBAC education to the next level. Be sure to follow Megan and her team on all social media platforms for even more. Although these podcast episodes are VBAC specific, it is encouraged for all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a C-section from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here is your host, Megan. Hi, birth workers. This one's for you. In an ideal world, VBAC parents would be treated just like any other birthing parents. In today's world, most medical providers sadly don't fully support VBAC parents. However, 90% of parents with a prior cesarean are good candidates to attempt a VBAC. This is why we have created the Advanced VBAC Doula Certification Program. In this doula course, we share evidence-based data for you to educate your clients, teach you the tools on helping them how to process past fears and trauma, or helping them decide if VBAC is even right for them. You will feel better prepared to support them during this beautiful experience. All VBAC certified doulas are listed on our website so parents know who you are. To learn more, go to the VBAClink.com. Okay, let's talk about doulas. Well, first of all, I I think 
I think it's kind of fun to talk about why us doulas become a doula, right? Because I know that when I was in high school, I knew I loved babies. I always wanted to babysit. I always wanted to be close to a baby, holding a baby. And then through high school, I was like, I would love to be a labor and delivery nurse because hello, they get to be close to babies and hold babies all the time, right? And then I started having babies of my own and learned more and decided that I did love the idea of becoming a labor and delivery nurse. But to be honest, I hate math. That's one of the reasons. That's literally one of the reasons why I decided not to become a labor and delivery math or um, nurse because they have to do so much math. Like there is have- so much math in nursing. So much math, yes. and I just hate it so much. For those listening, you guys, I actually have to take three uh, math ten ten three times. Like oh that is how much I hate math. I hate it so bad. I suck at it. I hate remembering it. And still to this day, I've been a doula for over eight years and I still even have a hard time. I have to Google how to calculate MVUs every single time um, because I hate math. So that is kind of something that steered me away. But the thought of being able to love and support and educate and hold space for somebody and not do math. <laughs> Sign me up. Amazing. <laughs> it sounded so amazing. And so, you know, through my first birth, after my undesired unplanned C-section, I definitely had more of a passion for birth. And then after my repeat and learning more about doulas, I was like, yeah, this is it. That I remember the fire that lit inside of me that day and just was like, this is going to be what I'm going to do. I am going to love people. I'm going to support people. I'm going to educate people and help them know what their options are. And I have loved it ever since. And I'm so glad to be here today. So tell us how you, where did your fire ignite? Oh my goodness. My fire ignited from my VBAC actually. So I, I love that your story was like, I always knew I wanted to work with babies and mamas. I had no idea. I was a special ed teacher in New York city. My husband still works as a special ed teacher in the school where we met when we were 22. Like that was the path. It was summers. Well, actually not even summers off because they're summer school, but it was like, it was get out at three, work with kids, feel good. You know, it was mm-hmm. not maternal health care advocate at all. It was yeah. not doula work. It was not changing the baby industry. It was just not any of that. But then I went and I had a baby and my first birth, as you can listen on the other episode, was just, it was so, it was like on a spectrum from underwhelming on some days I reflect it was underwhelming and other days I'm like, it was full-blown traumatic. You know, it really depends on like where I am in my headspace, but it was kind of awful. And the C-section wasn't what was awful about it. It was how people treated me. It was the powerlessness. It was the, it was the being dictated to and people making decisions around me and not acknowledging me as a human being, as an adult grown ass woman who could make decisions about myself and my body. Another human, right? Right? Like how dare they, how dare they disempower me so quickly. Mm. And then less than two years later, I had this incredible, incredibly different VBAC experience that was transformative before the baby ever came out of me. It had nothing to do with the vaginal side of it, although that was amazing and kick-ass and totally recommend it. But it was, it was really about like, I went in, I researched, I decided for myself, I wanted a VBAC first off, right? I hired a doula, I hired a VBAC supportive provider, a doctor actually. And I, I just like walked into that birth powerful and in charge and, yes. and I ended up having a vaginal birth, which was spectacular, but that was this fire in me was sort of like, wait a minute, 
how can I have two completely opposite experiences over the past two years? And and so that was where I was just like, well, I think the doula was a big part of it because I took childbirth education. I hired midwives. I did the things I was supposed to do. And the doula, the having someone in the moment when you're in that crucible where you're just like, you're being challenged and tested and you're in crisis for many of us and, and where you have this deep desire for your baby to be safe and for you to be safe. And yet, you know, you know, because you're listening to the feedback link, you know, that this system is sort of rigged against us. And how do you make sense of all that? And the answer for me was, in my doula. And I knew that I needed to become a doula so that I could help more people. And I have to be totally transparent. Like I definitely started out with a little bit of a savior complex. Like I was like, if you hire me, I can like save you from Uh trauma, you know, which is not true or healthy (laughs) for any of us. Was probably (laughs) you coping through your trauma. Absolutely. There was this like idea that like my doula saved me in my birth so I could save somebody else. But that was like, it's true in that, sure, we have incredible impact, but we can't save anybody. There's, you can't just hire a doula and like, okay, that's it. It's done. You have to hire a doula and work with them and ask questions and like still be very much an active participant in your care. The doula is the tool to learn how to advocate. The doula is the tool to set yourself up for success. And that was really that was why I got into it because I just thought, man, I have had two completely opposite experiences and I want to help more people have the second one, have the empowered one, have the voice, have the, have built the team around myself. Um, yes. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go be a doula. Little did I, I know how that would all end up, but it's just, right. it's amazing. It's the best thing there is. Yeah, exactly. Like if I, I would have never told you that when I was becoming a doula, Oh, it was actually, it was almost it was nine years ago in September. So right now when we're recording, it's almost June. So almost nine years, right? And I would have never said, oh yeah, in nine years, I'm going to have a podcast and be a VBAC advocate and educator and all these things. Like I never would have guessed that, but man, I'm so grateful for this journey and to where it's led us. And, you know, we talked about that, like duos are there to help, to help you. They're not there to rescue you. And I think sometimes even I would say, like, if I would be really honest, like I was kind of like that too. I would have a client where they would be going in and have like these really deep goals. And I was like, I'm going to make sure that that happens. And I would go in and then sometimes if they didn't happen or if birth kind of went differently or we had unexpected events or something like that, I remember going home and I just remember like, feeling like I failed as a doula. I feel like yeah. I failed them. And yeah. Oh, was, it's a horrible feeling. It's a really bad feeling. And I think for you birth workers listening, like it's important to know that like you are there and you love your clients, but we can't save everyone. And just like the clients that are hiring us, they need to know we're not there to save, but we're there to help educate, guide, love, and help you facilitate the things that you need to along the way. And just, it's just like a, an extra crutch. Yeah. And it's, it's really like, I feel like the work of labor and birth happens in the pregnancy. I mean, that's why you should get your doula as early as you can, mm-hmm. because it is, it is in your doula's ability to help understand what your true desires are and help 
keep you connected to them. Because one of the things so many of us do, and I'm speaking really about myself here too, now I'm not sort of, I'm projecting my own experience, is we abandon ourselves. We know what we want. We know that we want X, Y, Z for our births. And then we sort of, we sacrifice ourselves because as mothers, this is what we do, right? We sacrifice our time and our energy and our bodies for our babies, but that gets used against us sometimes. And it's really great to have somebody dedicated on your team that can sort of continue guiding the entire experience back to you, back to those original goals, back to that original desire and reminding you of what is possible and and helping you stick to that. And then if if you have to shift away from it, helping you navigate that shift in a way that it feels intentional and purposeful and that you are emotionally able to shift as well so that we avoid that feeling of like, I don't even know what happened. I feel like I got hit by a bus, right? Like, and now I have a baby and I'm not sure how it happened. Like we can't control a lot of the things that happen in birth and doulas can't control them either, which is a, a journey we go on as professionals, but we absolutely can help people navigate their births in a way that feels empowering regardless of the medical factors that end up happening. Yeah. And one of my favorite parts about being a doula is actually helping the partner along the way. Because I mean, obviously mom is star of the show. (laughs) She's having the baby and she's a very important person. You know, she's definitely an MVP in that, that room, but guess what? So are these partners and it's so fun to, like you said, just like, you know, circle around and help these partners feel more a part of their birth as well, because they sometimes have that same feeling where they like, all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden my wife has our baby. Like what the heck just happened, you know? And so it's so nice to help dads and um, birth partners feel more involved and more connected and in control in a way of their own birth experience as well, because it is their birth experience too. Absolutely. I would argue that doulas are more for the partners in a lot of ways than they are for the birthing person. I, I personally didn't hire a doula for my first birth and I regret it. I can say that pretty plainly and bluntly. I regret it because I was afraid it would take away the intimacy. I was afraid that it would be too many people and that I wouldn't have this like intimate moment with my partner. But what ended up actually happening is that my partner was so panicked by this like mess of a labor and by his wife being in so much pain. And he he wasn't of any help to me. And if there, I mean, he was as much help as he could have been. I'm not trying to like attack my partner, but he was really like in this place of he was a deer in headlights. I was flipping out. He was a deer in headlights. Everything was going wrong and he didn't have the tools. He'd never done it before. And that's, that's in a birth that's going stressful, even in a birth where you're not like in a medically induced place, Mm -hmm. it's still really hard to have the entirety of the responsibility of this experience, right? To see your partner who is for the most part, this is a little stereotypical, but it's true. Like the women that are giving birth are making the lists and they're choosing the doctors and they're setting up their doulas and they're doing all the things and they're making their birth plan and they're like dotting every I and crossing every T. And then what happens when they go in active labor? They like retreat, their mind retreats into their body. And all of a sudden they're not communicating much of anything. That can be incredibly disorienting to a partner who feels like they have to keep them, their partner and their baby safe. And this creates this feeling of alarm. And it, it really can make the whole thing not feel good for everybody. When you have a doula that can come in for the partner 
and normalize the entire birthing experience, whether it's in the hospital and really medicalized or you're at home and doing early labor to, you know, to transfer or have a home birth. It is just like, it's so cool to have somebody who's walked this path before to be able to tell your partner like, Hey, this is all fine to to have someone not react when you have somebody vomiting or contracting or shaking or all these things that sort of happen in the throes of labor. It can be so relaxing. And what it does is it helps the partner then join his woman or his birthing person, like with, with just like intention and with this presence without all the anxiety. And it actually creates this beautiful expression of love, not to mention like, it's so cool to have someone show you how to touch your your partner. Like one of them, when I was like teaching childbirth that I remember he was like half joking, but he was only half joking. He was like, I just want you to teach me like how far away to stand from her. Cause I mean, it was just like so nervous yeah. about the whole thing. And it's like, imagine having somebody come in and be like, Hey, when she does that, like just press here. And yes. it's like, Ooh, you know, you get to like learn and have a coach that helps you take on that care. It's the opposite of what so many of us think, myself included, was that a doula would replace my partner or get in the way. And really what we do is help partners get more hands-on in such a a helpful way. Yeah, exactly. My my husband was really not keen on the idea of hiring a doula. He was like, I'm not good enough. You're just going to replace me. And then that's just where he snapped to. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not like that. But it wasn't until we had a doula, right? That he was like, whoa, okay. I see what you do as a profession. I love this. And we would never do this again without one. And so, yeah. So, so doulas are there for you. They're there for your birthing partner. But guess what, you guys? They have actual stats on doulas. How impactful doulas can be, right? And that is that is so cool to me to think that there's stats on the profession that I do. <laughs> so it's kind of yeah. silly, but I'm like, this there's is science. Cool. It's science. There's Hashtag science. science. <laughs> like, yes, it's like, science. There are like actual statistics that what I do and what I love is helpful. And so, okay, so let's talk about them. So uh, doulas, they can decrease like pain medication, meaning, or I guess it's actually use of any, yeah, pain medication. So like epidural, fentanyl, stuff like that by 10%, which maybe seems really little, but if you think about all the people giving birth, yeah. 10% is huge. 10% is pretty huge of your 24 hour labor or more, right? I was 42. It's a, yeah, it's wonderful. So 38% decrease in baby's risk of low five minute APGAR score. Now that I really want to like pause on that because that's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. The APGAR score is your signs of life. That's yeah. literally like, are, do you have muscle tension? Are you pink? Which means there's oxygen coursing. Do you have a pulse? Like it's literally, is this baby thriving? Right. That's the APGAR is an, an, an enormous measure. And yes. what's wild about this is that doulas are not medical providers. We're not medical providers. So I can understand like the epidural thing. It's like, yeah, we have some tools and tricks up our sleeve to help you manage pain. That makes sense to me. But this thing, the APCAR, that that means that if you hire a doula, a non-medical provider, whatever magic thing that we're doing, which mm-hmm. is not really magic, it's just like being present and helping right. people advocate for themselves, can have health impacts for your baby. 
for your That's baby. Wild. Who we're not yes. touching, who we're not making medical decisions on, who we have no medical training, and yet we're impacting medical outcomes. That's a big, big, big deal. It's pretty stinking huge. And in the in this study, it doesn't necessarily like single in doulas, right? It's continuous support, which guess what doulas do? Yep. Continuous support. Yeah. Well, no other provider is doing that. No. I mean, they're in and they're out. Yes. Midwives, OBs, we love them all. But yes, we even, do. But even Nurses, then, they can't. They can't. The system they is not set up not. for continuous no. support. Absolutely. Yeah, they can't. So they may be in there for a little bit, but they're in and they're out, right? Okay. So 31% decrease in risk of being dissatisfied with the birth experience. That's a big one. That's a big one. You guys, 31%. So one of the things that I love being about a, a doula, like, I mean, there's a lot of things, but one of them is I want someone to walk away from their birth, even if it didn't happen exactly how they wanted on their birth preference sheet or birth plan, but have a good experience. Look back and say, you know, I didn't get this or that, or this happened and wasn't my ideal, but overall that was an amazing experience and I'm happy with my experience. And I don't reference my experience as traumatic and mm. just has an overall better view on their birth. That's right? everything. And that's really, that's the thing though, right? Like we all know there's uncontrollables, yes. but, but having respect and feeling in control and feeling like you were like just part of your birth in a powerful way. It has ripple effects and implications well beyond that day of your birth. And that is a, that's a huge metric. That's really, really important. Yeah. Huge. And another one that I think is really cool is continuous. They have a study showing that continuous support such as a doula can shorten labors by up to 41 minutes. Um, yes. Yeah, so they shorten labors, they shorten pushing yes. time, and yes. they can reduce your risk of C-section or surgical birth force vacuum up to 25%. Yep. It is, I think there's a, a saying, and I'm going to have to find the quote, but it's like, it's, if doulas were a drug, it would be unethical not to use them. It <sighs> is clinically proven that continuous support by a non-family member, that's the yes. doula part, right? I want, yeah. I want to talk about that. Yes. Yeah. Continuous support by a non-family member is wildly impactful, not just on your experience, but on your, like your emotional experience, but on your, on your pushing time, on your laboring time, on your surgical birth risk and on your baby's health. And it's really something that every single person in the United States deserves to have. And I also want to just put like this other sort of seed in here of Doulas are not the cause of surgical birth. We are not the cause of longer labors or lower APGARs. We're not the root cause of these issues, but we are one of the solutions that our healthcare system is looking at. It's hard to talk about this because I do want to talk about doulas are awesome. <laughs> Everyone should have a doula. They're, They're awesome. so awesome. But we are very much also a band-aid on a broken system. So like, yes, you are current. We're all currently giving birth in this system, so we should all have access to doulas, and that's part of the work that we're both doing. Right, is getting people connected to the doulas in their area and getting people connected to the funding to pay for them because that's sort of the elephant in the room, right? It's like, 
okay, all these doulas are great and they're highly impactful. And you listen to a podcast like this and it's like, well, that's great. How do I get one? And it's like, well, they cost, they cost $2,000 out of pocket. Hope you're rich. Bye. You know? And it's like, wait, wait, I don't, I can't, now I can't have one. Like it's all a really messy sort of stage in the American maternal healthcare system that we're in right now. But like the idea of having a doula or not having a doula when you think about what we all sort of think about as we're preparing for our birth, it's like, what's best for my baby? Like, it's best for your baby to have a doula supported birth, both for their health and for their parents' health and their parents' experience. And if anyone's on the fence about it, I hope that this will like sort of like spark you into researching and talking and looking into it because there's a lot of misconceptions about doulas and they're for everybody. It's even if you're planning a C-section, even if you're listening yes. to this podcast, cause you're like, I don't know. VBAC's not for me. Even if you're listening because you're a hater, no, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> then, then like C-sections, uh, doulas are for everybody. They're for every kind of birth. You can plan a C-section. You can plan an epidural. You can plan a home birth. You can plan a birth yeah. in the middle of the woods. And a doula can be really instrumental in being an advocate for yourself throughout that. Yes. And I have, I have been to scheduled C-sections and I, I mean, I had two, right. And I wish that I had a doula to be there. And so I love that you were talking about, okay, like, okay, wait, we know, we know duels are awesome. Cause sorry guys, but duels are awesome. But we are right. <laughs> yes. So we, we got that. Okay. Where do we find them? Okay. Yes. So there are, there are going to be websites all over. You can search doula near me. The VBAC link has specific VBAC doulas. You just go to the VBAClink.com and search, find a doula, type in your zip code. Boom. But yeah. Then what? Then what? How do we pay for $2,000 doulas? Yes. And so $2,000, I was going to say $2,000. I'm in New York. $2,000 is kind of run of the mill. Medicaid actually like just or Medicare. I never know which one it is, but they're covering $1,900. They're paying out for doulas. Like that's just the cost of doulas in New York. It really varies varies. according to markets, but like it's expensive. You know, if if it's an $800 doula, then that means the salaries in that area and the cost of housing and everything else in that area is low. So it's, yeah. I think it's safe to say that it is a heavy lift for most people to be able to access a doula and not just a doula, like all the other care that comes with it as yes. well. Postpartum care, tongue tie clips, breastfeeding care, yep. pelvic floor care, maternal mental health, like how many insurance companies are covering those things. So there's just like an enormous amount of funding that needs to happen in order for us to get the care that we deserve, the baseline of care that's happening yeah. in other countries for other mothers. And so one of the things that I love to talk about, obviously, because it's my sort of life's work. Yeah. I was like, dun, 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 and dun. listen how to solve this problem. <laughs> Drum roll, please. Um, is really, it's your baby registry. It's using yes. Be Her Village, which is what I created, it's our platform, our baby registry platforms that you can use this event where all of your loved ones are opening their wallets. They're going to buy you thousands of dollars of gifts. I mean, like literally the stats, it's $12 billion divided by almost 4 million babies. It's a lot of money, a lot of money yes. being spent by communities and well-meaning, well-intentioned, so generous. Everybody wants to support a new mother. Everybody does. But right now you can just go to baby stores and get a bunch of baby stuff and I, I don't know. We've all bought gifts before. It's like, cool. It's I mean, fun. I guess, I guess this swaddle is going to help maybe, but like, 
it's not the same as knowing this gift is going to be impactful. And one of the best things that we've done is we've created this platform where you can register for and find the practitioners in your area, the doulas, the lactation consultants, the yep. pelvic floor specialists, the childbirth education, the acupuncturist, everybody that's like sort of supporting mothers in their birth and their postpartum time, you can find them and add them directly to your gift registry. And your friends and family can send you funds, cash, cold heart cash to pay for them. So it's totally flexible. We've had $165,000 funded on our platform so far, just from communities who are generously opening up. It is such an amazing tool and funding opportunity that's already happening, right? It's like, we already know about baby showers. They're already happening. We already know how to use a gift registry. What if we use it to pay for doulas? What if we use it to pay for that care? It's really, really cool. So I just highly recommend every single person that's listening to go to Be Her Village, click on our shopping guide, click get started, make a registry. If you're a doula, add your services there. It is, it's really like we're reclaiming the baby shower because the baby shower has become this like, this place where we get like carloads of boxes of all this stuff. And for me, at least I like had to haul it back to my tiny apartment. I'm like, where am I putting all of this stuff for my baby? I was living in New York City at the time. And we're really saying, you know what? Moms need some stuff for their babies, sure. And we all know where to find them and how to pay for them. But there's this real need for care for ourselves. Yes. And it's like the conversation we just had, like, who doesn't want a doula after listening to that? Who doesn't want a doula after knowing the stats of how impactful it can be? And what right. better gift than to say to someone, hey, I'm going to help you fund that so you can have better health outcomes, so you can have a better experience, so your entire transition into motherhood can feel better than it would otherwise. Absolutely. I'm going to pull this up right now. You guys, seriously, you didn't, it's so easy. This website is incredible. You can go, you can create your registry. You can shop for services. You can give your gifts. You can, I mean, anything. I mean, right here. Oh, also there's virtual, right? Yeah. So, so that's what I love too, is like doulas and birth workers. Like if you're offering virtual courses, help people find your course so they can get more educated. They can feel more prepared, you know? And so there's tons of virtual services. We can go in, there's childbirth education. That's a fourth trimester. There's restore your body. There's heart and mind. I mean, you guys, this, this is such an amazing platform. And to say I'm obsessed is an understatement. <laughs> like it really is an understatement to say how much I love this platform and how genius you are for creating this space for people. Because I didn't hire a doula with my second baby because they get this, you're going to laugh out loud. Everyone's going to die. $550 was too much at the oh, time. Oh God. We were this brand new, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of money. We lived in this town home renting it. Like, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, my, I, yeah. Like I it's, learned- Megan, it's also backwards. Like we have our babies when we're making the least amount of money. And then when you have a baby, for many of us, the, you stop working at least temporarily, if we not do. for a long time. Yes. It's this like you get squeezed financially yes. at the earliest time in your career. You're barely established. And like, I don't know who wants to wait to be established. I, I'm 39. I don't even feel established right now. But but it's like, yeah. it's just, it shouldn't be that we have to choose how much care we receive because of our income level or because of the disposable income that we have. Like, it's just, it's not yes. enough. I paid my, my doula cost $1,200 and that was yeah. 
like nine years ago and it was the same amount my mortgage is like it, right. it was just it was a huge lift for us but I I luckily I knew that I just like I was so driven for the feedback I was like I was I actually my feedback approach I sort of laugh at was to do everything the opposite uh-huh. so I, I didn't take childbirth education I hired an OB instead of a midwife I hired a doula instead of not but it was it's a big heavy lift and we have to start thinking about like not just can I afford it? But like, I deserve this. How do I do this? And we have to be more creative as a collective. Um, And it's really cool. And this baby shower is just sort of this untapped area that we've just been doing it for decades, right? You just go, you buy the stuff at the store and you give it to the parents, they return half of it. It's like, it's this thing that we're doing like on, you know, repeat. And I think it's time for some serious examination about like, well, what do we actually need? What does a mother actually need? If you had to make a list, which we actually do, we have a list of like the top 10 things you need on your registry and none of them can be found in a store because it's all about support and care from the community, which often looks like professionals as well as friends and loved ones and family members and neighbors. Absolutely. Well, I am so grateful for what you do. And I encourage everyone, if you are looking to hire a doula and you're just not sure, you're like the funds are hanging over, or maybe a postpartum doula, or maybe you're really needing that support educationally or whatever it may be, right? Like this is the place for you to go and check out I mean, you can even hire a birth photographer if you're wanting to capture your birth. I mean, you guys, they have everything. And so definitely, definitely, definitely check them out at beherville.com. We're going to make sure to have all the, the links in the show notes. Go to Instagram, follow Be Her Village. You're amazing. And I'm so grateful for you. And I'm so grateful that your births have taken you on this journey, honestly, just like I am mine, you know, it's, Absolutely. it's such, it's such an honor to be sharing this space in this beautiful community with you. Thank you, Megan. I feel the exact same way. I'm really, really grateful for you. And as much as I hate that we are like, have had these hard birth experiences, it's all worthwhile because of how we're using it and how we're using it to help the next person. So thank you for that. Thank you. Interested in sharing your VBAC story on the podcast? Submit your story at the vbaclink.com slash share. For information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to thevbaclink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.